Broadbait Clash. The Crows in the middle of a hot run, a month of wins. The Kangaroos have been dislodged from top spot. A tough week, six-day break. Crows coming off the bye. So Jacobs... Oh, Jacob's got the first hit out. Goldie, you spud. Oh, Goldie got a hand pass. Oh, Goldie, another handball. Why didn't we VC him? I love footy during the week. Bring me back to life. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast, part two. Pistol, we've already put out the uh, the first little pod to cover the uh, Thursday night game. Um, it's quarter time there at the moment. We've got a, a few tasty scores. You just uh, got in Rory Sloan. You happy with his 20-odd? Yeah, I'm stoked. And also with uh, Rory Leds. I've gotten the two Rory's. Rory Leds, 26. Yeah, so Sloan, 29. Jeez, that's better than I thought. And Rory Led, uh 26. You didn't get in Rory Atkins, who had 23, just to make the trifecta. No, maybe in future years to come. <laughs> um, that's kind of like Melbourne with all the Jacks, isn't it? Except they've just got heaps of Rory's. Yeah, well, I think they are the only team with Rory's. All of them play for the same team. I'm yeah. not actually sure if that's Rory a true fact or not. You just made that up. I did completely make it up. You're terrible, mate. Well, Firing squad. I <laughs> didn't think you'd call me out so quickly. I was like, <laughs> let me go have a quick Google check. I know correct everyone myself. off by heart. I know the prospectus off by heart, mate. That's how I know everyone. I've read it back to front. Crows, part of my multi, so they better get up. Twenty-three uh, goals, eight haven't been particularly good in the wet. Um, one goal, three to the Kangaroos. Why don't we uh, jump straight into some teams there, Pistol? You can take the first game, your boys versus Fremantle, if you like. Yeah, huge game on Friday night, which I'm sure everybody's extremely excited about watching. Um, a massive omission in Ben Crocker for those that held Ben Crocker. This is very unfortunate timing for him to be dropped right after the bye. Uh, in comes Travis Cloak, who is, you know, always super coach relevant. And besides that, there's not much going on. Tom Phillips retains his spot, which is fantastic, as does um, Tucker and Collins for Fremantle. Yeah, the, the Fremantle boys really helped my back line to get me up to 18 players. Um, a lot of people jumping early on Tom Phillips, even uh, during his buy round just to generate some cash. There's still, you know, he could come out with a, a six-possession game and go back to the VFL. Like, um, I, I, I need to see him on his bubble before I'm going to consider him. I got him last week, so I'm not really one to talk. Yeah. Um, he, he, he did well enough. I'm, I was pleased. Uh, I think he... At least has earned his spot for this week. He just needs to play well to hold his spot. But, you know, if if we do play badly, he's not going to be the only person that plays badly. So I think he's going to be a relatively safe pick. Yeah, the, the only thing for me um, is the, the uh, Magpies have used, I think, the most players so far this season on any AFL list. And I think he was in the late 30s of players to be selected. So there's a, a few people running around the VFL that might be ahead of him. Um, once they come back, but at, at, for the meantime, if the worst case scenario he's an M11, there's you know there's nothing wrong with picking him up. Exactly, he just needs to play in round 15, and I'll be happy with that. Um, probably looking towards next week. If you've got Darcy Tucker and Sam Collins, and you're looking to get rid of one prior to their buy next week, who would you be getting rid of? Just while we're on the teams, I think I would ditch whoever has the highest break even if yeah. money is something you're still considering if you have gone fully primo and you're done and you just need one for bench cover i'd be more willing to hold sam collins because i think his job is uh, secure in that side compared to 
Darcy Tucker. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure we'll touch on it again next week, but that's exactly what I was going to say. Sam Collins is a uh, more of a halfback rather than a, a small running player. He's more likely to uh, hold his position at Freo when they've just been slaughtered with injury. Yep, exactly right. All right, we'll jump into the Richmond and Lions game. Battle of the big cats, and neither of them are playing absolutely great football at the moment. Uh, but I think Richmond are going to get over the line, especially with all the outs that Lions have. The big one... Dane Zorko out for personal reasons, Pistol. Does that affect you and your team? Yeah, of course. I think most people, well, most players that are doing particularly well have Zorko because he's been absolutely dominating this season. So for him to go out right before his bye hurts, and it hurts a lot. I think there will be a couple people going to get a zero uh, because of this. On the positive side, uh, we do have uh, Reese Matheson coming in for his game. I really, really wish that he didn't play this week, so he popped his bubble. I would have loved to pick him up as like a um, a last like downgrade just to generate some cash, just to have like a little bit of a bank balance sitting there if I needed to trade anyone leading up to the buyers and things like that. So um, I'm disappointed that he gets his third game at um, this point in time, especially before he has his bye next round. And uh, probably some, something of good news for you there, Pistol, even though that Dane Zorko's out, he's going to be adequately covered because Connor Menadju comes in for you there, mate. Oh, thank God for Connor Menadju. <laughs> what if I, I, my team has been struggling for the last couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure it coincided right when Menadju got uh, omitted. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all on him. He's back now. My team's good. Uh, so... Basically, in this game, it's going to be Dusty versus Tom Rockliffe if you've got them as, as either one of them as VCs. I, I think both of them are going to just completely split the game open and score 120 plus with either of them. You're missing the one key player in this game that could tear it apart. It's got to be Steph Martin. Come on. Ah. Oh, Big Steph so, Martin. So, after, so you're just trying to bring up the fact that. You come out and said, oh, Steph's going to go big 140 this week. What did he get? 142. I was wrong. Yeah, you undersold him, mate. You should really, really work on your predictions a little bit better. Well, I think this week, Steph Martin's going to have another respectable 120 at least. So he's probably going to get 122 and I'll be wrong again. Yeah, and the good thing for me is I had Goldstein's 100 and Gorn's 116 on the field and Martin's 142 on the bench. That's what you get of having three Rockman. I know you tried to buy a bargain to have good cover for the rest of the year, but that's what happens. Backfired. <sighs> I'm not worried. I'm not stressed out at all, even though I lost by 20 points in the league game. I'm not stressed at all. All right, yeah. So, oh, we, we did forget to mention there is a debutant for Brisbane Lions, Hamelman. Matthew Hamelman. Yep. He's 117K. He's a back forward eligibility. So if you happen to have Adam Still as a back forward, you could put him in your forward line and switch him around whenever you see fit. So that's one for some people that still are using that DPP swing. I think you were um, training to get him in as a, a rolling donut and he just happened to get picked. I did. I wanted <laughs> Adams to be able to get swung into the forward line and I'm like, all right, well, I need to pick someone that's cheap that's back forward. And it was Matthew Hamelman, and I did that at the beginning of the week, and then I found out he was playing this week. So that works well. <laughs> yeah. And ben, ben Keyes keeps uh, his spot just for that one week before the buy. That's going to help out a few people that uh, traded him in. are struggling to get uh, 18. Particularly people in uh, teams in round 14, round 15 are really struggling to field 18 because they're just so heavy on the premiums from the, the, the later buy rounds. Yeah, exactly right. And the, although you could say Ben Keys is probably going to drop more in price, he hasn't been particularly uh, good lately. So maybe it's a bad thing for some people. 
Yeah, he and Matheson in comparison to the Nifl, it just shows you the next level is just so much higher because they've been absolutely killing the Nifl, like best on grounds, back to back to back. And they come into the, the real deal and they just they just don't look adequate. Yeah, I think we saw that when Tom Mitchell was getting about 70 touches a game and then Nifl came to the AFL and only gets 30 touches. I mean, what is that? <laughs> He's a special lad, though. Um, <laughs> we jump into next the game. Giants and Carlton, mate. Yeah, big game. I'm sure this is going to be particularly close and not one-sided whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Sam Reed comes out for GWS, which is a rookie that a lot of people were planning on getting this week. So Thank that God, hurt. it saves so many people. Like We've spent all week saying, no, Sam Reed, don't get him. He's 27, mature-age rookie. He's just filling a gap. Do not get him, even if he's DPP, go Tom Phillips. And we saw that thousands of people trading him in, and having him out has just saved so many coaches that were just having a brain fart situation. He's actually one of the most traded in players this week. I wonder if they've seen the teams and reverse the trades. Can you reverse the trades after first lockout? I'm not sure well, you can. You can't now, but I think that's going to trick a lot of people. So yeah, it'll be interesting gonna... to see how many people have brought him in, realize, oh no, he's not here, forgot about the Thursday night game, gone to reverse trades, and yeah. you just can't. Imagine if you had like eight, uh, 17 players playing and you traded like a Darcy Parish to Sam Reed just to get the 18th player and then didn't realize he's getting omitted, and that would just shaft you so bad. That will happen. I guarantee that's going to happen to a couple. If that has happened to you, please comment. Not so that we can laugh at you, but so that we can uh, feel, feel, feel... Laugh with yeah. you because yeah. we're helping you through this. Um, Shane Mumford and uh, Steve Johnson come back in, which is generally more beneficial for the players around them. Um, with uh, Mumford uh, in, you're going to have a lot of the, the big guys um, in the Giants' um, starting to make a, a, a lot more inroads with their points. So, so if you have a Callum Ward, he'd be a, a great VC kind of option against Carlton, especially with Mumford there because he's just going to get spoon-fed all day. Yeah, uh, especially if you have Shield as well. I know a couple of people also have Coniglio, so that's going to help everyone. Um, one person that won't help is Jacob Hopper, who is out being managed, which will definitely hurt uh, a couple more people. All right, let's go on to another game involving the Cats for you. The Saints and Geelong coming up against... Each other, Houston, I know times are tough and we had a bit of an up there, a bit of a ride with old Bruce Lee making the team, but I just want to break the news to you right now. It's just come down the wire. Tom Lee is out with a knee. Um, I did hear he had two of them, but one of them is keeping him out. Um, and in comes the Nick Rewalt is his replacement. They've taken out two backmen and brought in two key forwards. How does that work? That is pretty interesting, but I think it will work out because they don't plan on uh, actually winning the game. Yeah, <laughs> I I actually thought that Sam Minigola was a really strong chance um, for the Cats. It's really hard to break your way into a team going so well, um, but he's had um, high 20s, even 30 possessions in the the VFL, and he was looking brilliant in the uh, the preseason. He's a, a downgrade option for later in the season just to... Uh, maybe do um, a, a premium swap or something like that um, if you've still got the trade. So just keep an eye on him from the Cats. He's been killing it. Um, it's not um, even an emergency. Yeah, he's, he's not even an emergency. Obviously, he's just uh, they're putting some more VFL time into him. Uh, Dangerfield, he has just been insane. I know we had the uh, the Dangerfield intro last week and a few other Supercoach stations have gone along the same line and there's there's nothing wrong with that because Danger has just been absolutely brilliant and I think everyone should be recognising just how hot his hot streak has been. This has been blistering. Yeah, it's 
actually incredible. I mean, I think I posted something earlier in the week um, comparing him to uh, Jonathan Brown in the golden era where he was just pumping out massive, you know, 170 scores. Um, and really nothing has been this, this two game period. It just hasn't happened since 2006. It's incredible to witness. Yeah. And I know there was one game where, um, Gaz went 150 odd and just won a game off his back, but, um, the games either side of it, I don't think he's still notched up a 190 or whatever to to kind of match what Paddy's putting up at the moment. No, it's exciting. I wonder how we'll go this week. Hopefully it's another 170 or so. Yeah, and just a, a sneaky average of 176 at Eddie had this season where he's playing the Saints. Well, it's good signs. So keep an eye on that for captaincies later on. Uh, we'll jump into the next game if there's nothing else that you can see there, mate. We'll go into the last uh, game of the round, which is the Hawks and the Suns. Yeah, this will definitely be a very close and exciting encounter. <laughs> um, I can't wait to watch. No, I reckon the Suns, they're playing better football, but down in Tassie, they're just they're going to get obliterated. You can say there's no Suns in Tassie. Well, you know, we had... No, there's not. No, there's... Uh, <laughs> I was going to try and Hall is back. against it being Tasmanian, but <laughs> there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> Aaron Hall is back, so there is a bright spot for the Suns. Yeah, ah, I know you like nice. that one. You nice. like that one. Nice. Anyway, uh, Sad is back, and so are other pretty average super coach players. So <laughs> we're just going to ignore them. Uh, Cade Koldashny is out with concussion, as is Jesse Lonigan. I feel sorry if you've got either of those two players. Um, Luke Hodge comes back for the Hawks, which is not particularly super coach relevant, but uh, it's definitely Hawthorne relevant. Yep. And Cyril Rioli is out for family reasons. Um, I think his grandmother passed away, so yeah. wish him all the best. But they're not going to need him to get the job done in Tasmania, I think. No, the, I think the, stat, the, the stats are that the Hawks have won the last 17 um, games or something like that in Tasmania, and they're, it's basically a fortress down there. You just can't beat them on that small ground. Oh, yeah. I mean, St Kilda nearly got the job done, but I think there was a couple of things that went their way towards the end that, yeah. you know, got the, got the job done. We won't we won't say anything about umpires. Um, Settle down, Brad Scott. <laughs> looking, looking at the interchange benches, do you think Cade Stewart will make the final cut tomorrow? I think he does. I, I think he got... Uh, I'll read out the bench. Billy Hartung, Will Langford, Cade Stewart, Caden Brand, Taylor Dray, Brendan Whitecross, and Daniel Howe. You can look at it at two angles. You can look at it as... Um, the inclusions of Will Langford, Caden Brand, and Brendan Whitecross are probably just ends this week because they're named on an extended bench. Um, I would expect Billy Hartung, uh, Taylor Duray to play. Um, I'd probably expect Cade Stewart to hold his spot and Daniel Howe to hold his spot. So um, I, especially against the Suns, I don't see any reason why he'd be kicking Cade Stewart to the curb, especially when he's going on a trip to... Uh, to Tassie to play um, one of the easier games he's probably going to play for the season. Yeah, Cyril Rioli's out, and he's been playing as a forward, same as Kate Stewart, so I imagine they wouldn't then remove another forward and bring in two backmen. Doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, no. So I think he'll hold his spot. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I reckon Jesse we... Joyce, do you think he, he holds his spot for the Suns? Uh, you've got Ryan Davis, Clay Cameron, Matt Shaw, Mitch Hallahan, Nick Malcheski, and Jared Grant on the extended bench it's, it's, I don't think he does here I I don't think he does he he is a rookie that has just had a bit of game time it's basically uh, because of his attack on the ball he is a uh, 100% effort 
Um, doesn't have the polish that a lot of um, the Gold Coast Suns higher draft picks um, have, but he is a, um, a lot like McPherson in the way that he really uh, attacks the ball and gives it 110%. I just don't think he has the kind of skills at the moment that are going to force a lot of those guys out, particularly like a, a, a Nick Malcheski, for example, is definitely going to get a game. Yeah, and Ryan Davis is in good form, so he makes it. Malcheski makes it. I mean, Mitch Hallahan against the Hawks just could be something sweet there for him. Yeah. And then there's still Grant and Shaw and Clay Cameron who are all probably, you know, potentially better ins than Jesse Joyce. So I think he's probably going to cop a rest. Yeah, so do I. Um, I think what we'll do now, we might as well... Oh, geez, my Coach Kings team's going terrible. Uh, we're going to jump into the... Uh, uh, I'm going to call out just some round 14 uh, rookies, mate. I'm going to say either trade or hold, and I want you to do the same. Um, any of them that you don't agree with, just pull me up on and give me your reasons why. How does that sound? Uh, okay. Sounds, are we yelling them out at the same time? Or are you yelling no, them and I'll, I'm I'll yelling? Put my, I'll put my thoughts out and then you go. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, McDonald, Tip and Woody, I think he's pretty much priced at his average. He's just the poster boy for someone getting kicked out uh, of your team this week or upgraded. Um, and it, no, I think it's the best time to sell. So, tipper, trade. Happy? Yep, happy with that. All right. Um, this is going to cause some controversy. I'm going to say Marcus Adams. Trade. Hold. Hold. <laughs> All Hold. Right. Give, give me your reasons why, mate. Um, Marcus Adams' two worst scores have come in the games that uh, Bulldogs have lost. Um, yep. I think he is adequate bench cover. If you, Even if you've run out of trades or you're running low on trades, you could probably get away with having him at D6, which isn't ideal, but it's not the worst thing in the world. He's still averaging above... 80 in, in the on the way home for him in his draw after his bye he plays swans which is not particularly a good start but then yeah. he has richmond suns saints cats north which is hard and then finishes the year with pies dons frio so um six particularly really good games out of the next eight i think he's going to score at least in the 80s for those six games so if that's what you need for bench cover then that's adequate enough and i'd be happy to hold him He's definitely good bench cover, but say you're someone like me that has a Darcy Tucker and a Sam Collins on the bench, and you're looking to upgrade him. So I went um, to Cade Simpson this week for for Marcus Adams. Do you see that as a viable trade if you've still got two other rookies sitting on your bench? It is, but I wouldn't do that and hope for Tucker and Collins to be your bench cover for the rest of the year because when you need them, they're going to come out and score you 40, and you're going to be pretty sad about it. Yeah, I can see... Tucker or Collins being kind of a um, an upgrade uh, to a, a fallen player like a Trent McKenzie or someone like that coming back just as a, a, a more of a coverage like that who's very cheap. Which is why I'd suggest holding Adams because he's much better than Trent McKenzie. Yeah, nice. Uh, okay, what about a Mitch Brown? I think we're both pretty much in consensus yeah. to get rid of him. Um, yep, just on. keep in mind that he's probably made around a hundred grand less than uh, McDonald, Tip, and Woody and Adams, though. So you may not be able to see enough point to trade him out if you don't make enough from him. Yeah, I think still get him out. You'll make one hundred and fifty k. That's good enough, and we'll yeah. move on. Um, Matty D, I think last week was the time to get rid of him. And he's got his um, less chance of scoring as well of, say, a Tipper or an Adams, so I'd be getting rid of him. Yep. Hartley to go. Gone. Yeah. What about Darcy Byrne-Jones? There's been a lot of arguments on the Facebook page, uh, just the community basically going at each other's throats about what to do with D. <laughs> I'm on the side that says cut him. I don't think – well, I guess it depends if you have other rookies as well. 
Um, he's probably the second best rookie to hold behind Adams, I yep. feel. Um, maybe, I still think he's probably a bit better than Tipe's. He can score 100, so that's always handy. You need that on the bench. But if you aren't planning on keeping him for cover and you actually need him for his cash and you want to upgrade him, I would definitely cut him. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these are pretty universal in, in cutting, but Darcy Byrne-Jones, to me, offers really good job security as well. Um, I think that the way that he's playing under Ken Hinckley, he's in no risk of, of losing his spot. The only problem is he really has kind of topped out in price. So if you're now that we're at his bye week, you either make the decision now that you're going to keep him for the rest of the season as you cover, or you're getting rid of him this week. There's no kind of middle ground, is there? No, make up your mind and just be happy with your decision. Yeah. Um, we'll jump into uh, George Hewitt. He had some good scores. He had some bad scores. He got dropped on his head. He missed games. I think it's time to cut our losses. Uh, just flick him off. Yeah, he uh, got him on his head and he had a great fall, and now it's time to get rid of him. Yeah. It... <laughs> yeah, he's looking for another big price drop, and that's probably going to drop him on his head again. So um, get him out if you can. Uh, we've got the three uh, kind of high-priced rookies at the start of the year, Parrish, Mills, and Oliver. I think... Um, can address a bunch of those in one. I would say um, ideally you'd want to get rid of them all if you could. However, if you've got a, a lot of round 14 by rookies, like you've got DBJ, um, you've got D, you've got Brown, you've got Hartley, you've got these kind of guys, y- you could make an argument for keeping, say, a Mills or Parrish as um, kind of bench cover until you can upgrade them, but ideally you want to get rid of them. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you can get rid of them, do so. And if you can't, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, particularly with Mills coming off a, a good 89, just to pump his score up, his uh, price up to 340. Um, you're better off to kind of um, bugger him off, don't you think? Yeah, if you can't trade, like I'd prefer to trade Mitch Brown um, ahead of all those people mentioned. Probably yeah. sad to say Tipper's, he's done his job. He's done really well. You could hold him for another week or two, but... Um, He's still a cash cow and he's done his job, so time to get rid of him, just yeah. like the rest of these guys. Okay, um, I think this is um, second last one. Uh, two Melbourne boys to go. Uh, ben Ken, what would you do with him? I'm straight away saying bye-bye. Yeah, no, cut cut for me. I, I'm i always biased as a Collingwood supporter and kind of not happy with him, so <laughs> we'll, I'm, still, I'm still mad, Ben Kennedy. All right, we'll cut him. Um, and the final one, this is... Uh, Probably going to stir it up a little bit more. What about Petrarca? I cut him this week. You cut him? I did cut him this week, but I would say hold if you need the bench cover because he is DPP, can cover you in the forward line, cover you in the midfield. He scores all right, doesn't score badly, so enough that if your player misses and you're like, all right, I'll have Petrarca to cover, you're not going to cry about it. I think you could certainly hold him, but at the same time, he probably only has 20, 30K left in him. So if you're using him as a cash cow and you don't need the cover because you're holding someone like Carriage, like I am, then just ditch him. Well, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I really rate the idea of keeping someone like a, a Christian Petrarca just that little bit longer. Um, I guess there's two ways you can look at it. You can look at it as he's 350K. It's a much easier jump to go from Petrarca to, say, a Deledio. You need much less um, uh, money in the bank to go get him. 
compared to say Mitch Brown we have to find a lot more coin but on the opposite side if you had to choose between trading only one of them because you've got a whole stack of round 14 by um, defender rookies for example which there's a lot of if you're trading Brown if you're trading Petrarca sorry do you want to have Mitch Brown as uh, an emergency for the foreseeable future no certainly not you Petrarca would be the last one that I'd want to upgrade um, besides Adams. So if you can avoid not trading him, then don't. But if you have to cut him, then don't worry about it um, unless you need the cover, in which case I'd try and at least hold somebody for cover. As I said, I've got carriage on the bench. So if you can get Petrarca, you can just hold him until Dalhouse comes back, bottoms out, and it'll be almost a straight swap, and that's probably a good plan for most people out there. Yeah, based on his uh, his break even and his scoring potential at the moment, I mean he's he's averaging eighty four over the last three rounds, eighty one, eighty two over the last five. Sorry, you can make the argument he's got about twenty two thousand thereabouts. If you want to get really really um, technical, he's going to finish at about three hundred and seventy two thousand dollars in three more three or four more rounds. That's going to be a perfect timing for, as you say, when Dalhouse does kind of come back into the fold. And you can then move someone like a carriage who's been playing on field to your your F seven, and that works out absolutely brilliantly. Well, hopefully, you have carriages on your field as F six or whatever. But yeah, if, if you want to move Aaron Hall or somebody with a dodgy job security to the bench, I guess yeah. Dalhouse would be the perfect one to play. Yeah. Instead, did, this is kind of off topic. Did you see see Joshy Glenn chirp up on one of the Facebook comments when Aaron Hall got dropped the other week? I did. I did. That was uh, nasty. It was a bit nasty, wasn't it? You don't usually see that between AFL players. You can, do you want to tell people what he said? Uh, off the top of my head, um, when it was announced that he was dropped, everyone was kind of commenting on the Facebook page saying, oh, why are you dropping him, blah, 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 blah. And then Joshy Glenn on his personal profile chirped up and said, even when I played at the Gold Coast, it was all about him. Um, he's never about the team or something like that. Um, needs to go back and learn to be a teammate. Yeah, something... Not in those exact words, but very similar. Yeah, obviously paraphrasing, but he's missing the point. We need him in Supercoach. I don't care. <laughs> I want him to be selfish. I want him to get as many kicks as he bloody can because I need them on my score. <laughs> yeah, the more selfish they are, the better in Supercoach. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. That kind of wraps up a lot of the round 14 rookies that I was thinking of. Um, why don't we just jump into uh, some captaincy options? Again, we'll break it up into the VC and C options as we do every week. Um, I'm thinking uh, some some of the guys that we can look at is uh, Scott Pendlebury Friday night at 7:50 versus Frio. I know you are worried about the uh, the uh, Barlow tag, but I kind of think that De Pendlebury is really going to be a good option. I still think he'll score well. I I'm not really sure who Barlow will go tag. My gut is telling me he's actually going to tag Trelaw instead of Pendlebury. I think it's easier to tag Trelaw than Pendles because Pendlebury is superhuman. So um, I think he's going to be a good option, but still, I don't know if it's worth the risk for me. Yeah, averaging 117 against the Lions in in his last two. In the um, Lions, that's uh, uh, relevant. Sorry, against the Dockers in his last <laughs> two. Um, I, I, it's going to be tough because um, we really need to kind of know which side of the, the coin is going to land on. Frio are coming back into form and they could pose a threat to Collingwood, but 
it's kind of been on the back of Barlow shutting down the number one midfielder in every team that he's been coming up against. He's he's done the Zaharakis, um, he's done Neil, he's done um, who did Robbie Gray. Barlow stopped Neil. That's that's incredible. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> um, it's it's going to be really uh, for me. I'm worried enough that I'm not putting the VC on Penderbury this week. No, I think there's actually some really, really good choices this week, which we'll get to in a sec. So I think it's worthwhile just skipping over Pendles. Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, say, a Dusty Martin early Saturday afternoon on the one one forty game versus Brisbane? Yeah, he's a great option. I'm not sure what the weather conditions will be like at this stage. Um, but him, Rockcliffe, or Stefan Martin, I think, are all worthwhile picks for the VC. Yeah. Um, he's, in, well, he's in career best form. Um, he's had six big, big tons in his last um, six or seven games. 38 touches and two goals against the Suns for 170 not that long ago. Mitch Robinson to tag him, maybe? Is he going to go to, to Dusty or Cochin? Um, that's a good question. Cochin has been excellent form as well. Um, I really don't know for this one. It, it's super 50-50. I, I think he might go to Cochin just because Mitch Robinson can pretty much bully Cochin. Um, around the ball with uh, his his bigger frame, Dustin Martin's a bit harder to bully. So, yeah, that's that's what I think will happen. Yeah, I'm definitely on your side. We've seen Cochin crumble under the under the tag, whereas Dusty hasn't really been exposed to a tag just yet because of the likes of Delidio and Cochin. But he's got that upper body strength that as soon as they try and tag him, we'll just do the um, the don't argue and just knock him over and run away. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so someone I do have my VC on this week is uh, Heda Shaw um, against Carlton in the uh, Saturday Twilight match. Um, he's averaging 26 touches and nine marks per game, which is absolutely brilliant for a back. Like this is w- basically one of the best years we've ever seen from a, a defender eligible player. Um, his last five against Carlton have been all tons as well. I can't really see any problems with, with picking him. And what's he averaging at spotless? Uh, Spotless Stadium this year, he's been absolutely killing it. So far this year at Spotless, he's averaging 152 with scores of 143, 143, 203, and 118. As a VC option, I'd I'd love to just be able to back in a 152. Yeah, he's certainly an option that I'm considering. He, he Probably I'm considering three different players, and he's the unfortunate one not to get a C or a VC on him, but I would strongly recommend someone put a VC on him, sure especially against Carlton. The next guy I want to highlight is the GOAT, Gary Ablett. Sunday afternoon, so he's definitely only a captaincy option if your VC fails against Hawthorne in Tassie. Um, He's only missed the ton two out of his last 11 games, and they were both 80-plus. And he's come back from concussion with scores of 143, 121, 127. And his last three against the Hawks have been 157, 138, 149. Yeah, huge scores. He absolutely loves playing Hawthorne because they don't tag. Yeah, and uh, every year they just uh, kind of let the midfielders just uh, run off and they just back their own midfielders to win. And that's probably the reason why Ablett averages 146 against the Hawks since 2008 and he averages 152 in Tasmania. And that is the exact reason why my big C is on Gaz at the moment. Okay, so who's your VC this week? There's only really one option we haven't talked about. (laughs) It has to be Selwood. No, no, I'm what? kidding. <laughs> it has to be Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, can, does, do we even have to provide a reason why it has to be Dangerfield? Well, he's in Brownlow. Uh, he's basically locked in for Brownlow. If you can get anything better than $2 on Brownlow for to Dangerfield this, mate, put your house on it. 
Well, I mean, Selwood's probably the only one that I can see challenging him if he keeps getting two for every Dangerfield's three and just takes a couple of good games by Selwood to, to pinch it. But at the moment, Dangerfield is absolutely dominating. You have to have your VC or your C on him. Don't not put it on him. Just go for it. Either, yeah, my, my recommendation, Shaw into Dangerfield or Dangerfield into Gaz. One of those two would is probably going to be the best one for this week. Yeah, well, obviously last two weeks, 120, uh, 229-173. And uh, oh, we mentioned earlier that he's averaging 177 at Eddie Had this year, including scores of 127, 229, and 173. Yeah, small sample size, but still massive scores. Absolutely in amazing form. So, uh, yeah, don't, don't go past Dangerfield. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going uh, ashore into Gaz because I'm one of those idiots that don't have... <laughs> yes, Houston, I know, I can't afford him. It doesn't work with my vice structure. Shut up. End of story. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's uh, How did that... Did you did you captain him for the 173 last week? No. Did you captain him for the 229? No. That's... And you're still managing to rise the ranks, so I mean... There's something to be said about that. It's not all about one player. You know, this game is about having a strong unit across the rest of the team, and I just don't have enough money to get him, so forget about it. (laughs) Hopefully soon. I think uh, the half... I I can't wait to not receive a text message the day of a Geelong game from Houston saying, ah, so you're watching the Dangerfield game today? He's like, no, Houston, leave me alone. (laughs) Well, I think you'll rectify that uh, mistake, we'll call it. Small mistake. Yeah. Uh, after the buys, I just screwed myself because I picked up like a lot of Robbie Gray and Pritis and then looked at my buy structure and went, "Oh God, I'm absolutely screwed. I can't like if I I want to get I want to get Dangerfield in, it ruins the rest of my team." <laughs> well, luckily, yeah, uh, there's not much left of the season. Only what, ten more weeks, so you only have to struggle for a little bit longer. Mate, this year has just been horrendous. Like I have had to put up with this team for so long already i just i can't wait until pre-season starts do you have rory laird yeah i love rory laird i had him since the start mate he's on 42 at halftime scores just came through from this game so sorry i'm pretty excited i haven't we're not watching the game at the moment so how are your rory's um, going mate north melbourne are winning i can't believe it they were getting destroyed now they're winning oh my god you're kidding me and adelaide's kicked 412 so that's almost Collingwood like but a little bit better um, Sloan's on 55 so I'll take that and Goldie's on 57 no oh, well, looks like a good game let's finish so I yeah, can go watch this up so I can go see do you have anything that you need to uh, touch on there mate I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we've covered so far uh, yeah it all sounds good I just want to say um, if any of you read a post uh, last week about donate for donuts um, just a little thing that we're doing where if you get a donut during the buy, if you could donate a dollar to charity for every donut you have, that would be fantastic. We'll post up the um, charity link to the Cancer Council on this podcast post. And yeah, just something a little bit nice, maybe make it your bad situation a little bit better for somebody else. Yeah, it's brilliant for Cancer Council research that we've been doing for quite a new, uh, quite a few weeks now. And it was uh, you that originally came up with it, Pete. So congratulations for that, mate. You've already already raised over $1,000 for cancer research. No, thanks to everybody else. Um, yeah. Everyone's playing a large part and really appreciate it. So doing a great thing for uh, humanity. <laughs> yeah. And Chizo's putting in $20 for every donut he has uh, this year. So across the entire year, um, I've 
already uh, up to 60 bucks in the kitty that I've got to put through from donuts. Uh, so the buys next week could be a little bit of a drama if I uh, can't get any more in there. Could be topping three figures there, Pete. Well, uh, your pain is somebody else's gain. Yeah, exactly right. All right, mate. Thanks for catching in for us twice, including the uh, the first pod. Mate, I'm going to go watch the second half of this game. What do you reckon? So am I. Can't wait. I'll catch yeah, you later, looks mate. Looks like a good game. Catch you, mate. See ya. See you, guys.